and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My AI co-host, ChatGPT, and no, I'm just kidding. It's Justin Baker, everybody. Welcome to the show, Justin Baker. <laughs> you so, like, can probably have ChatGTP talk about the same crap that I do all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's, that's true. And you're just as good of a job. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're 95% as good as ChatGPT, so that's why we keep 95. you 95. As long as you keep that... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're, you're infinity better than chat GPT. Chat GPT can't, they, it doesn't even know what, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have an opinion, right? At least not I, yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> um, sure. Soon it will start developing a personality. I did see something that for, uh, radio shows, like for, uh, you know, like a DJ on the radio that they basically are, are to the point where they could have a whole entire show be run by an AI voice and you would not even know. Dude, I, I'm sure you could literally, like, as a programmer, just go and select the tunes you want to play over the next three hours. No, you don't even have to do that. You just tell it, like, hey, hey, what's, what's you know, here's the list of the top whatever songs and make me a, make me a playlist. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, sometimes you like to throw in some odd songs or whatever, right? So you could, you could create your playlist that would take you, I don't know, 20 minutes, right? You just select a top 100 hits and then you throw in a couple wild cards, whatever. Yeah, there you go. And okay. Yeah. And then you just go, yep. okay, AI, just go ahead and uh, chat there we go. for five minutes every 30 minutes, you know, whatever. Yeah. Every sixth long or however. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun times. Well, uh, until then, we're just going to keep on talking um, because we're, you know, human beings. Soon we'll be replaced uh, by by something else. But until then, we'll we'll keep on doing our show. Is that cool with you, Justin? It is very cool with, with me. That? But okay. I'm okay with being replaced as long as we get somebody in here with an Australian accent from oh. AI. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sure that can be arranged. We <laughs> do sure actually. We do actually have. Um, so a decent little following out there in, in Australia, to be honest. I love so, it. You know, maybe we can just get one of them to, you know, at least give us like 30 seconds of audio and then we can just drop it into an AI thing and it'll probably be able to say anything we want it to say. It'll love be wonderful. It. Um, on today's show, <laughs> now that we've covered that on today's show, we are going to talk both, both conferences, uh, playoff races as they are heating up towards the end here with, with f- four or five games left to go for most of these teams. Uh, we'll talk the East and the West. We'll also talk our top five most likely coaches to be fired, uh, I guess, before next season. Uh, and then we want to give a little bit of time to uh, a, a potential change to overtime that was discussed at the GM meetings a couple weeks ago. We never hit on it in the show yet, so uh, we're going to talk that. And then we are also going to talk about uh, a little Connor McDavid there at the at the end of the show. So uh, that yeah, we're going to start with five minutes at each conference. Justin, it's your choice, West or East, to start the show. Let's go West. Okay, the the Western Conference is basically between three teams, right? Like where Nashville, Calgary, and Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is stubbornly hanging on to that second wild card spot, eighty nine points. Calgary two points back with. Uh, Winnipeg has a game in hand, so Winnipeg's played 77, Calgary at 78, and then Nashville at 86 points, they are, have also played 77 games. Uh, how do you see this thing shaking out? What's uh, anything surprising you at this point? Yeah, um, it's surprising to me that Winnipeg has held on. They seem to be just grasping at straws these last like two weeks here. I, I figure the way they've been playing as of late, you know, they've been basically playing 500 hockey for the last, you know, 20 ish games, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, man, I'm surprised nobody has seized the opportunity between Calgary and Nashville. I mean, Nashville, actually, they were a little bit further down in the standings a few weeks ago, and they've they managed to, to get back up a little bit. But similar to, to Winnipeg, they've gone 500 in their last 10, and Calgary just barely above 500 at 6-3-1. and one. So, um, man, it just... And Calgary, like nobody- holy smokes! I mean, yes, Calgary six three and one. But when you look at some of their past games, having to come like big comeback wins or blowing yes. big leads, and have it like they they've just been such a tumultuous team this year. They they would be fun come playoff time. Like I do think out of these three teams, the team with the most like most talent is probably Calgary. Like the t- I mean, we thought that Calgary would be pretty good. We we didn't think Calgary would be in this position fighting for the, for a playoff spot. I figured they'd be a little higher up or at least like, yeah, they're comfortably in a playoff spot. So, I mean, they're not horribly far off from that, but uh, they definitely have, you know, not not uh, met expectations this, this season. And shoot, you got four games left to go. Even if they win all of them, that's 95 points. I yeah. would say that it's a it's a they they have to win every single game from here on out. Even a even one point missed down to ninety ninety five might not even be good enough. It, it probably won't be because you know with Winnipeg with five games left to go, do I see them getting six points? Yeah, I do. I see them getting six out of those ten points, and they've got the tiebreaker by far. They've got the tiebreaker because they've got forty two regulation overtime wins as opposed to Calgary's 34 and Nashville's 34. Uh, so I, I mean, I got to say that Winnipeg in my mind out of 10 points to get six of those, that's, that's not going to be that difficult. And I'll tell you what, you look at their schedule. Winnipeg is home against Calgary tonight, home yep, against no. Nashville on Saturday. So talk about a couple big time games coming up for Winnipeg and and both these clubs. I mean, all three of these clubs. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this is a like must win in regulation game for the Calgary Flames yes. if they're going to have any chance. Yeah, and especially with Winnipeg being at home, they. I mean, you got to think Winnipeg's going to probably put both of these. If they can, if they can put a win on both of these games, I think they're in at that point. No questions asked. Because, yeah. um, you know, I mean, they've got San Jose at home after that. That should be an easy win. But then they've got to go to Minnesota and Colorado to finish out the year, which I think both these teams are going to be going strong. So to me, those are those are probably in the L column right now. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm certainly leaning on Winnipeg. Uh, but you know, hey, Calgary goes into Winnipeg tonight. I mean, and, and by the time you're listening to the show, you'll know the outcome of that game. Uh, that that would tie them for points with a game in hand for Winnipeg and Calgary. Man, Calgary's just gonna have to win out. But I and I Calgary's just, got Nashville next week too. So yeah, yep. You got to hold on. You got to hold them off too, right? Like, yep. Yeah, a couple, a lot of big games for for Calgary. I just don't know. I I think I'm I'm leaning towards Winnipeg because I think ultimately they've got the regulation overtime win column. That's that's locked up. So all they have to do is tie. On top of that, they have the best goaltending out of these three teams. And yep. a lot of times that is what it's going to come down to here in the final few games. And with five games left to go and, uh, you know, in terms of the back-to-backs that Hellebuck won't be playing, I mean, he maybe he's not playing in that game against San Jose on the 10th. Yep, that, I agree. I think that's the only it. one. 
That's probably it. So he's going to play against Calgary. He's going to play Nashville, Minnesota, or or maybe he plays against San Jose. Kind of guarantee you the win, and then you know you get that Minnesota game. Uh, that's that may be what they do too. You know? I guess it depends on how you how you do against Calgary and and uh, Nashville, right? So if they lose right. one of those, then they maybe play yeah. Hellebuck back to back or back to back. Yeah, which they have done. They have played yep. him back to backers. It helped me a lot in fantasy. <laughs> when one goalie plays like four games in a week, it's unreal, especially when it's Hellebuck. <laughs> oh, um, which, by the way, uh, congratulations on fantasy championship. Oh, thank you, and congrats to you for a third place victory yes. by a whole point two point points. two points. My goodness, did I ever squeeze that out? And you know what I had to do? I who did I pick up? Kevin Shattenkirk. Kevin Shattenkirk. I picked him up. I oh gosh, like on the That's last ballsy, day. considering Anaheim, right? You would think, okay, he's dude, probably going to be a minus player. Dude, so there's some well, deductions. I think it was like the last six games he had at least three points. So I was like, well, I mean, a few points. I I need all the points I can get, and I just dropped anybody that I could. I used up all my all my spots mm-hmm. um, just to see if I could squeeze out a few more points. And my goodness, if it weren't for Kevin Shattenkirk and oh, <laughs> who was the other? I picked up someone else too. Uh, it led me over the edge. Who would have thought Kevin Shattenkirk? <laughs> 12 and a half points. Praise which be is, Shattenkirk. Which is awesome. Uh, so, yeah. And, and then I won my other league against the team that was 24-0 headed into that game. Yeah, that's a that's a bigger tip of the cap <laughs> for you, I mean. <laughs> I was so surprised. People were messaging me. You know, never, ever talk to anybody during the season on this, like, on the little messaging thing. And then I get messages like, you got to beat him. You can't let him win. <laughs> I was like, guys, how I have never he's this guy had scored he had outscored me almost every single week. Like I don't think I would have beat him any week of the entire year. And then I scored twenty percent more points than I had ever scored in a week. And I beat him. <laughs> and he still scored two hundred and fifty points more than I had ever scored in a week. Holy before crap. that. So I mean I I mean these most of the weeks were like you score around like 1600 1700 somewhere in there. Uh, 17 something was my highest. And uh he, I mean yeah, he he was always scoring 2000 points a week. So I was like I'm going to be I'm done. I can't score that many points and I somehow got 2100 points something by the end of the the week. So I'll take that. And he was he was a uh, very gracious about the loss you know he was like well that's just how it goes he's like i had the best season i've ever had in fantasy and i didn't win so yeah the the first place guy in our our league finished fourth yeah i mean yeah, yeah he lost to yes. me and you yeah. i think did he lose to you last week <laughs> he, yeah. yeah he lost to me too so yeah so uh, that's just how it goes yeah and that that one was a 14 team league so to go to go 24 and 0 in a 14 team league with that much, like here down to these like garbage players, and then lineups were huge. It was a full, full roster of everything. So it was you're uh, picking up Wayne Simmons and crap ser- like that. Seriously, league, so. it was it was like that. It was like that. Hence why I picked up, uh, yeah. Oh no, I, Kevin Shattenkirk was our league, but it was like that. I, I picked up those types of guys. Uh, I love it. Okay, well, uh, where are we? Oh. Go to the East, baby. Let's, let's roll to the East. Yes, I don't know how we got on fantasy. Uh, all right, the Eastern Conference at this point is ooh, it's four games left to go. Nobody's got it. Everyone's played their uh, their seventy eight games. Florida and the Islanders both tied at eighty seven points, and Pittsburgh at eighty six points. 
Pittsburgh really reeling right now. Four and six in their last ten. Florida's won four in a row, and the New York Islanders have lost two straight, but are hanging on by that point. My goodness, the Eastern Conference is tight, and you know, believe it or not, the Florida Panthers are in the best position of these three teams. Yeah, I guess it all depends, right? On uh, you know, if it's me, just looking at its strength of schedule, I think. Uh... Uh, you know, Pittsburgh still doing okay. I think Florida, if you look at their schedule, probably has the toughest schedule out of everybody. They got to play Carolina, Toronto, Pittsburgh. On on the one hand, has to play Detroit, Columbus, and Chicago. Like three gimmies, as far as I'm concerned. So mm. Pittsburgh, to me, has got the best opportunity to seize a playoff spot at this point. If they if they somehow fumble, but they those are also games, playing Minnesota. That's, right, that's they are playing game. Minnesota. Yeah, and I to me, I think you know, again, you got two teams. Um, you know, Minnesota obviously would prefer to win the division and maybe not have to play Dallas or Colorado in the first round. But, you know, again, uh, Colorado and Dallas probably don't want to have to play each other in the first round either. So there's going to be a lot of battling in that central division there. So Minnesota is not going to be an easy out for anybody. And I don't think Detroit will either. I think Toronto uh, knows that all too well lately. Um, well, and there's but, there, there's a good chance here for the, the Carolina Hurricanes you know they're they're going to be playing the Florida Panthers the last game of the season, and there's a chance that that game determines who they play in the first round. You know, right? Like well, sometimes it's that like, well, if you win this game, then you are going to actually play this team. If you lose, you know, or whatever it is, so that that certainly could happen. That's a little bit of drama there, but I but think- I like I like Florida just because again, since uh, you know Mister Kachuk's dad came out and said they're soft, man, they've been. Uh, They've been on a tear, so that's been fun to watch. And uh, and again, I I would love to just see Florida get in over all three of these teams, anyways, because with Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs, Barkov, it just brings another level of excitement to hockey. Um, you know, again, they might not have the fan base that a Pittsburgh Penguin team might have, and you know, sometimes it's it's nice to see that um, that rivalry between the Islanders and Rangers or something like that. But to me. Florida just is a more exciting team at this point. If they can get their goaltend together, man, they would be a fun team to watch in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and they probably have the most talent up front out of these three teams and, and definitely the most depth at forward. So, yeah, if they can – it looks like to me, you know, they're, they've won their last four games and their their final three out of four games are at home. That is certainly a benefit. Whereas, like Pittsburgh's got to play is is two and two, and well, Tampa's uh, sorry. The New York Islanders have three at home as well. So that's uh, the Islanders have a pretty like yeah they got to play Tampa Thursday night, but then the Flyers, the Capitals, and the Canadians to close out the season. That's that's not necessarily like a full on gimme, but like as as gimme as you can possibly get. Uh, at, yeah, at and this I, time I think Tampa's gonna. I think Tampa, you know, difference from the last few years, I think they're going to kind of ease into the playoffs. They know they're going to, they're pretty much locked in at that third spot. Yeah. They're not hopping Toronto at no. this point. So uh, rest up a couple guys. Cause it's, it's going to be a battle that first round. So um, yeah, <laughs> might as well give your guys a break. And so I, I think yeah, that game can be winnable for the Islanders. Yeah. And similar for the Panthers, the, you know, that, that April 10th game for the Leafs that they'll play them. I'm sure they will be in the same boat. Somebody's going to be, Oh, out with a you know an L, a lower body injury or something that they just right. want to rest up. Uh, so that that I guess that's the maybe you know. Whereas Pittsburgh's playing these three teams that quote unquote have nothing to lose. Maybe that's actually some kryptonite 
you know, Detroit's looked pretty good down the stretch. Like, e- even though they haven't, you know, they're, Detroit. Yeah, they're going to try to play spoiler. Isn't what's going to happen? <laughs> but they, you know, I think that Detroit definitely has a chance to play spoiler, and I think they'd love to play spoiler to the Pittsburgh Penguins. There's got to be someone in the like someone going down to them. Like, yeah, I know you get none of you guys were here when we played, but like. You guys could go out and you could make the Pittsburgh Penguins miss the playoffs for the first time in forever. Uh, the Washington Capitals have already missed the playoffs for the first time in eight years. Uh, when is the last time the Penguins missed the playoffs? Crosby's rookie year? It's been a while, man. I think so. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pull that up at some point but uh so who do you think is going to make the playoffs here in the east i guess i guess i should toss this out the buffalo sabers i'm pretty sure they're out of it they they'd have to win out the last six games of the season which would put them at a very slim 93 points which would be very difficult to make the playoffs at that would that would require what would require pittsburgh i mean if they win out they could make the playoffs there's a small chance, uh, but I don't think they'll win out anyways. Yeah, I mean, they win their next two games, right? And so now they're up to, uh, gosh, 85 points. So they're just two points out of a playoff spot with four games to go with the rest of these teams. So, right. yeah, there is a chance. But, you know, again, and same with with Ottawa and Detroit, too. I think, you know, mathematically those teams are still in it, but, you know, they're not in it. Also, like the Sabres go and play Carolina, New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, three and four nights. And then they've got <laughs> Ottawa Columbus on a back-to-back as well. So two back-to-backs in these last five games and a, a two in, or a three and four nights and then four in five nights. They're not winning all six of those games. Not a freaking uh, chance. No. Not a freaking chance. No. They're done. No, um, I, I think Carolina, Jersey, the Rangers, they're going hard the rest of the year. I think Tampa and Boston might ease up a little bit, but – um, unless Boston really wants to go after that 63 win mark, but I mean, um, shoot, at this point, you have to, you have to go after that. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, They're already at 60 wins with five yeah. games left to go. Unbelievable. We, that, we that may is be, something to, to be said. We may, uh, we like, we're probably about to see history be made, which is pretty cool. For a team that myself and a lot of other people were like, ah, this is going to be a bubble team this year. They've just (laughs) completely given everybody the middle finger. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Just destroyed. Oh, McAvoy's out all for the first couple months. Marshawn's out. Yeah. I mean, I'll say the Bruins do have to play the Leafs and the Devils, but last three games of the season, Philadelphia, Washington, Montreal, 61, 62, 63. And should be it. Shoot, they uh, they might they might shatter this record. This record might be it might be sixty four, sixty five wins. <laughs> that would be that would be crazy. But you know what? I would love to see more than anything else is them to go play for the record against Montreal on the road, and Montreal just ruin it for them. Ooh. Like just you know, if there's anything that can salvage this Canadian season to be like, oh, you know, we we can tip our cap to this year and uh, and it's in Montreal it. that game. Yeah. Yes, it is, which would make it even more fun for me. All right. Um, so, oh, so I'm to, sorry. Did you say the teams that you thought were going to make it? No, no, no. Yeah. So I was going to say to answer your question, I've got Florida getting in at this point. I think they're they're almost a lock the way they're playing right now. I think uh, you know if just looking again at schedules too. I think they they'll do all right. And then for me, I I'm going to go New York Islanders. Um, you know, I, I think right now, just again, just watching both these teams play, um, 
And then I think part of it, too, is me wanting to play devil's advocate because I want to see Tristan Jari not make the playoffs, contemplate not returning next year and shake up the, the goaltending market this offseason. And just oh, I see think he's what, gone anyways. Um, yeah, that I, I mean, honestly, he's why him. they're missing the playoffs. I, yeah, like, well, I mean, I'm probably, you know, 60-40 on him being gone right now at this point. But um, because, again, there's not really much of an upgrade out, you know, outside in the free agent market this season. But – Again, I just I would love to see a playoff year where we don't have Pittsburgh or Washington in it and see what happens. Okay, yeah, that, I mean that would be the first time in a in a very long time that neither of those teams make the playoffs. Uh, probably since that Crosby rookie season would be my guess. I don't think that I don't think that Washington made the playoffs the first year Ovechkin was there either. No. No. Uh, yeah, it's hard to see the. It's weird, like not picking the Penguins to go in and make the playoffs. I, I'm wondering if they've they've just lost that steam. Like they just don't have the depth right now to be able to to stick with it and to win this out out and make the playoffs. You know, I'm I'm looking at their schedule the rest of the way. They do have an easy easier three games, <sighs> but I think there's a lot of a lot of pride from like, Hey, this Pittsburgh team has been good for a long time. Let's see if we can be a part of them missing the playoffs. Like if that's what you have to play for. But I also think there's a ton of pride on that penguins team. I could see them winning out all four of these last, last few games. But at the same time, don't you say I could have, I would have seen this team the last 10 games playing a lot better than a four and six record. I I know that the goaltending hasn't been there, but, and and that's probably what, kind of seals the deal for me is their goaltending has been pretty bad. Islanders have the best goaltending out of those three teams. So I'm definitely going Islanders and Florida's just been too hot right now. So yeah, I, I think the penguins are done, which is crazy. I, I think even last week we were talking like, Oh, the penguins will be in the playoffs and they've just dumped the bed since then. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, I would like to see Buffalo get in. That would be the best. If they oh, win the gosh. last six games and Everyone else just kind of beats up on each other and loses to these teams that they should beat, and Buffalo sneaks in last game of the season. How I, exciting would that be? I would not be mad about it. Uh, it absolutely will not happen, and my guess is that <laughs> that it's it's uh, a foregone conclusion within probably three days is, is how long it'll take because I don't think they're going to beat Carolina or the Rangers there. So. Mm. Um, okay, so we have our top five most likely coaches to miss the or to get fired. Sorry, uh, I guess they could make the playoffs, but uh, I, I I think probably most of these guys are teams that have missed the playoffs. But certainly there are teams with high high expectations where if things don't go well, uh, we the writing's on the wall as well. So I think what we'll do here, Justin, is we're just going to get the obvious one out of the way. As a, like, if X happens, this will happen, and this coach will get fired. If the Leafs lose in round one, Sheldon Keefe will be fired. And he will, yeah. he will be the next coach to be, to be fired. Yeah, to be quite honest, I didn't even put him on my top five list just because I already assumed that that's just – it's written in stone, right? So there's – the whole point of these, I mean, for me anyways, is to speculate, right? The whole point of these lists. Oh, my gosh. So you're saying that it's written in stone that the Leafs are going to lose in the first round? No, no, no. It's written in stone if they lose in the first round. He's gone. 
Okay, I see. Now, again, whether or not I think they're going to lose in the first round, that's up for debate. Well, I, the uh, fact that he's not on your list tells me that you're picking the Leafs to beat the Lightning. So, Well, we'll see once we get to our playoff previews, yep. won't we? <laughs> yep. Yes, we will. Uh, yeah, the Lightning Lightning Leafs, my goodness, what a series that's going to be. Um, okay, well, so you don't have Toronto. Well, then I guess we're just putting them on the, like, as far we we don't have a just missed for this uh, this list. It's too small, but we'll we'll just say we'll just put an asterisk next to them as like this will automatically Keith moves to number one if they lose in round one, <laughs> without a doubt. Okay, uh, then let's let's hear who is. Did you have this these in a, in a particular order? Or did you just have five coaches? I did. I, I put it in order. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Same. Uh, okay. Well, let's go with your number five. All right, number five. I've got Brad Larson from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, um, yeah. I have, I have him. I have him as well. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just it's too hard to you know you bring in talent like Johnny Gaudreau and to finish even worse than you did last year. Adding the talent you did, you know, guys like Kent Johnson getting a little bit better. Um, you know, I mean, again, the goaltending just looked just terrible this season. Defense was meh all year, and don't get me wrong, injuries played a part in that a little bit, but. Again, they just they looked lost out there most nights. They just looked like they just didn't know where where to skate on the ice. And so, um, to me, that kind of I guess you could I don't know if you want to call it mindlessness um, just go, falls right back into coaching, in my opinion. Right? I mean, you look at other teams that are at, towards the bottom of the league. At least, like I look at a team like Philadelphia. Right? They they may not look good on the ice uh, as far as like being able to produce, but at least they look like they're one cohesive unit. One you know they have one direction in mind. They know what yeah. they're doing. Uh, it's just not executing. And honestly, the they problem, were spo- so. like Philadelphia is supposed to be bad, All right? Like right. we knew that they Absolutely. were going to be bad, and here they are being bad. Yeah, uh, Columbus, Columbus was supposed to be better. better. Yeah. And and let's let's talk the minus hundred and two uh, goal differential mm-hmm. as well. Just it shows that they've just been torched, um, especially recently since they got rid of their goalie, but uh, which never helps anybody. Uh, yeah, I just, I know Brad Larson was only hired, uh, last year, June, well, I guess two years ago now, but like for last season, uh, I, I suppose I can see a scenario where he's got one year left on his deal and you head into next season with Brad Larson as your head coach. If you feel comfortable with him, I mean, he, he was the assistant coach before being hired as the head coach. So he's been a part of this team since 2014. So, I mean, maybe there's a a scenario where, all right, you're going to come back for one more year. We're going to see what draft pick we end up with. And I, I think some of this is, do you want Brad Larson to be the one who's going to develop uh, whoever your top draft pick is? Because that's, I mean, that's going to be a huge, uh, a huge thing because Columbus will likely get one of the top three picks. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be that would be the question. And I I wonder though because it because Yarmo Kekalainen he did hire him and it was only a really less than two years ago that he hired him. Uh, I think there's a chance that he comes back and that if if there's any bad start to the season that they fire him. But man, I, it just seems like they need a, a new direction from the head coaching position. It's just also a matter of like who's out there, who wants to go and coach in Columbus. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you, I'm sure with a talent like Johnny Goudreau, they'll probably find a coach real quick. That's true. 
Well, and if if Connor Bedard ends up going there, then oh, then all oh, oh, yeah. you know, then then we'll just forget the whole conversation. <laughs> um, I actually have the Washington Capitals as my number Ooh. five. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are my number four. Uh, you know, based on how the season went, and it. It was not supposed to go like this. They were supposed to be a, a playoff contender. They they go out and they get the most expensive goalie on the market, and that's got to be a you know the GM's going. I mean, I gave you a much better goalie than what we had last year, and uh, that you know it worked out to a, some degree. I guess he was he was okay at times, but I, at a nine ten save percentage over the course of fifty three games, you can't necessarily complain about the way that Kemper's played. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries, but you know, you just kind of look at this like, well, Kuznetsov. I mean, that whole deal that's that's kind of been a disaster since Laviolette took over there, and Anthony Mantha has not looked as good uh, since going to Washington. I, I just wonder if it's time, if it's time that Peter Laviolette. Apparently, the contract negotiations aren't going well either. So maybe it's just time to go. You know what? We like we don't have to do this anymore. Like we can just let this contract go out. We can bring in somebody different, and and maybe you're you look at taking a different direction. And you go, yeah, we want to get Ovechkin the record. We want to be competitive, uh, but we need a new voice in the locker room. And maybe that's the direction they go. Yeah, I like that. I mean, they're number four on my list for a reason, and I think you oh, just, they're number four. Okay. Yeah, you probably. I mean, said most of it right there. I mean, you just look at the talent on paper and what they've been able to do, and so. Uh, I'll be curious next year, especially because I, I suspect there's going to be not necessarily a big shakeup, but you bring in a guy like Rasmus Sandin, you have an extension coming to Dylan Strom and rumors of this, you know, Kuznetsov possibly being dealt. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if there's there's any shakeups on this roster and then to see, you know, again, bringing in a new system, you know, to, to try to maximize the talent they have uh, in these last few short years of Ovechkin's career, you know, might be a. Uh, might not be a bad idea at this point versus waiting till the last year or two of his deal. Very true. Yep. Yep. You want to, I, I mean, I think you, based on the way that he played and how much longer he needs to play, you still have like a decent window with probably him being pretty good still and right. people wanting to come there and play. Like maybe you can attract some more, so like other Russian players coming in. I know, I know that's a taboo word right now, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I feel like you've you've got to you've got to see if you can maybe this small step backwards this year can ultimately help them to be a, a better team in two or three years, and he can still go get his record. And then towards the end of his career, maybe they can compete for a Stanley Cup again if they just pull back a little bit here and maybe bring in a new voice and try some try some new things. Um, the next coach that I have at my number three is the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, okay. They're on my list too. I, I figured. Higher. I figured. Yeah, I have. I have them. I have them where I. Have. I just. Yeah, the Anaheim Ducks are terrible, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's it just has not worked out for Dallas Aikens. Almost everywhere he goes, it just seems to not really work out. Uh, I know he was you know with the Edmonton Oilers for what like a year <laughs> early on, and then uh, he's his contract is up at the end of the year. So te- I guess technically he he wouldn't be fired. Um, but he, I can't see him being back. Pat Verbeek will definitely let him go and bring in his own guy for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, like I said, they're they're number they're number one on my list. I'm just going to say it right now, um, because again, I, I think for a team that's played so bad statistically uh, as far as goals against, and you have, in my opinion, still a top ten goaltender, Jonathan Gibson, um, and and the roster they have, it they have good pieces to be better than this but again similar to columbus it just doesn't look like they're playing as a co- you know a unit and they're just out there just skating in circles to see what happens and so uh, i think they need a more disciplined head coach in there especially with a lot of these younger guys maybe somebody again who's disciplined but still is almost a player's coach uh to come in and there's you know really nobody on the top of my mind maybe this is could be a uh, good reclamation project for a guy like um you know coach q i've heard he's been looking to come back and mm. You know, this could be a and nice you could kind of hide out. Like, I mean, he obviously went to Florida because some some of it was like, I don't want to be in Chicago. Like, I don't want to be on a, on a like a a team where it's going to be very very intense. Uh, you know, going to Florida, there's a, a little bit less pressure, and I feel like it's the same in Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely, and and the the market there too isn't going to be like a Chicago or a New York where the media is going to constantly be on him. And, and for a lot of, um, you know, casual fans too, they're not watching those games cause they're, it's on the West coast. So, um, you know, they probably won't get a lot of those ESPN games, hmm. uh, you know, nationally televised kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, who's your next team? Who's your number? Well, I guess who's number your three. number three. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. guessing Anaheim's your number one. They are my number one. Okay. Uh, my number three is the Nashville predators with John Hines. Hmm. Uh, yep. You know, I think we, you know, mentioned it in, in one of our previous shows, you know, with, with a new GM coming in and, yep. you know, we, we, we know who that is. It's just, it's clear that um, he's going to want to bring in his own guy, I think. And especially if Nashville misses the playoffs this season, it's, it's even more fle- or, you know, fuel to the fire to say, you know what, it's just, it's time to make a change at the head coach. Yeah. And he does have one more year left on this deal. He signed an extension in 2022. So he's got one more year left. Um, not hard to to kind of bury, you know, just let him go. I I think this one this one's my number one. I think that okay. he's gone. Uh, I I just can't see it. I can't see a reason to keep him around. I mean, he's been he's been their head coach for what since 2019 was his first year with the Predators, and I, I mean he's been okay. They they haven't really they haven't done anything. There hasn't I mean other than you know, Yossi having a a couple career years, there hasn't been a huge anything where you go wow he's he's just done such a good job we have to keep him. There there's been no we have to keep him. So yeah, I, and I, I think Yossi's that type of talent. He would have had those years no matter who was behind that bench. I I would agree. I would agree yeah. with that. And, uh, and certainly his system. Uh, because of the way that they forecheck and because of the speed that they use, I certainly it helped Yossi. But yeah, Yossi's good enough to where he would still put up big, big numbers, and and he's he's incredible. Uh, that's a tool for a coach, not the other way around. Not the the coach isn't the tool for the player. Uh, so yeah, I think John Hines, he's my number one. So he's okay. He's out of there. So who's your number two? Let's see if we have something different here. <laughs> okay, yeah, my number two is Craig Berube from the St. Louis Blues. Okay, I thought about Craig Berube. Yeah, I thought about Craig Berube. Why did you end up including him on your list? Well, I think, you know, given, you know, again, we, we've seen recently with, with guys like Jordan Cairo uh, arguing with the head coach on the bench, right? It's, it's clear, uh, according to multiple reports, that there's just a lot of friction between the players and the head coaching staff uh, there in St. Louis. And so I looked at this roster a little bit more, and, you know, they've, they've clearly underperformed this year, right? They dealt a lot of pieces off at the deadline. 
they bring in, you know, another guy like Jacob Verana, who I think can be, uh, you know, a, a good piece for them next year. But um, given the contracts they have for guys like Falk, uh, you know, Shin, Perenko, right, they're not going to go through a full rebuild. So I think if there's a time to make a head coaching change, it's now because you want to come in with a fresh voice while you have all these guys under contract and try to make a move as quick as possible to get these guys performing at another level. Um, that way, again, because if for some reason, say, they just clearly don't perform well, then you know where your deficiencies are, right? It's more easily identifiable uh, that really we need to shake up this roster, right? Um, um, and here's, yeah, why, here's, of, here's why this isn't going to happen. Please. $7 million. <laughs> That's how much they'll be paying them to not coach the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, well, but it's only three and a half per season. So $7 million. But yes, it is. It's, it's <laughs> tough, right? But I, I think St. Louis is so close to being uh, removed from that Stanley Cup, you know, win that they're still. Yes, he coached them to it. He did. Absolutely. And I think he did a phenomenal job. But I think at some point, uh, you know, similar to, to some coaches we've seen in the past that, again, they've, they've done a, a phenomenal job. But, you know, just like when they said they got rid of Barry Trotz in, in New York because they he just lost the room, right? Whether or not that's true or not is a whole other issue. But, um, again, I just think Barube's kind of lost the room a little bit. He's, he's kind of losing the respect of a lot of these players, and especially when you want to transition into younger guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrou, you want to bring in a guy that's their coach, that they're going to respect over the next five, six years of their deals to be able to make this thing work and hopefully turn it around pretty quick. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't shock me if he was fired, certainly. Um, I think this little run here at the end of the season may uh, may hold off. And, and also the $7 million is probably going to be a, a big reason to just go, well, let's let's hold off here. Let's let's come back next year. Let's come back fresh. Let's like, hey, exit interviews, give players all the run runway they want to to voice their their thoughts, their opinions. And we're, we're all going to meet together the like the core of this team and go like, hey, he's our coach. You guys are here. Like, what do we need to do different? Let's make some changes. You know, everybody gets to take a breath. This has been a really hard season in St. Louis. And I can see how being coached by a guy like Berube when you're losing sucks. But when you're winning, it's great, right? Like, winning just cures everything. So right. I think they may be more so, uh, hey, $7 million, especially to a team like St. Louis, yes, they, they'll spend money. But I also they're not one of the, like, the richest teams in the league. Uh, I could see that $7 million being like, uh, can we bring them back for one more year and see if this can work? Because if next year they come back and make the playoffs and, and take a step, then, okay, the, you know, then we can, we can talk about that and we can maybe salvage something with, with the coaching staff. I don't know if this is necessarily a coaching issue, more, more so as it has been. Uh, just They have no defense. <laughs> they, their defense is – it's not, not that they don't have talent back there, but it's just that – it's not the right type of talent uh, meshed together. And that's not right. on Barube. That's on the general manager. So I, I think that the G, the GM, if he fires Barube, then it's it's kind of like, hey, I didn't have the right, like, I didn't make the right moves. Like, you could easily say, you didn't make the right moves for this guy. You And you also locked up Jordan Binnington forever on a terrible <laughs> deal, and he's been awful. That's not on Barube either. Well, so, in retrospect, I will say the Binnington deal looked good at the time because he just coming off that Stanley Cup win. As it's a, a Cam Ward deal all over right. again. It absolutely is. 
And, and I will say from a GM standpoint, you could say, hey, you know what? I have the right guys in place. You're just not coaching them well enough to play good, right, or to play well. So, yeah, but he um, also had the right, quote, unquote, he, he had the certain guys in place, and he had to fire his coach and bring in a new one, and then that coach was able to coach those guys. I I, I think he's safe because of the, the amount left on his deal. I think he's safe. Okay. Um, that's why my number two is DJ Smith. DJ Smith, who also has two years left him. on his deal, yep. so I, I will concede that I'm uh, I'm a hypocrite. Well, I will uh, say, but I don't think he's getting paid three and a half million. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably making a million dollars a year. Yeah, probably not that much. You're and right the, the final that. year, oh, sorry, in the final year of the deal is uh, a team option. So really, they own for one more year. So let's let's say it's about a million dollars somewhere in there, seven hundred fifty something. Uh, so DJ Smith. To me, in Ottawa, you know, this is his fourth year there. They've missed the playoffs every single year. And, yeah, I get, like, maybe they look a little bit better right now. Like, they're at 81 points. And they've got a nice home record. I just – it just doesn't seem like he's really taken uh, – you know, some of these younger guys, yeah, they're playing They're playing better. Like, they've, they've got some identity, I suppose, but – they can't seem to get off to a good start. So that's the thing that would worry me the most. They've never gotten off to a good start. And you're going to, you don't want to say, well, let's see how they start. <laughs> because if history's telling you anything, they aren't going to get off to a good start. And you're going to end up firing them anyways. So, DJ Smith, thank you for trying. He's certainly a good person. Like, guys love, play, love playing for him. Uh, but I think he just has not done enough. He, it's very similar uh, to to other guys on this list. Like you just have not done enough to like John Hines. Yeah, you, you've you've been fine. You've but you have not done enough to continue on coaching for a fifth year, especially when yeah you've got one year left on your deal. But we know that it'll be cheap. And my final reason, they will have new ownership, and new ownership will likely. Uh, want a new coach yeah that would i mean it's clear right if, if they bring in new ownership and they you know fire the general manager right and just well i don't think that he'll i don't think that he'll be fired you don't i really think so? don't no i don't i think he's done a really good job actually uh given the set of, set of circumstances and my guess is that uh he has been in conversation with all these different ownership groups too Right. Well, no, absolutely. I, I think, you know, again, if you're if you're somebody looking to buy the team, you want to meet with management, right? You want to see what they're about, what their game plan is for the future, because you don't want to go in there and, you know, immediately show up at the draft and then start selling off pieces like Alex Dabrinka gets traded. Right. They somehow magically decide to trade, you know, Drake Batherson and, oh, we're going to also deal Brady Kachuk because we just want to retool, right? So, yeah, you wouldn't obviously go buy a team if you know they're about to sell everything off and, and totally tank this, I just, this team. I, Pierre Dorian is the Ottawa Senators. I mean, he's been there since 2007. Well, I'll give you this. I, I think he's done a phenomenal job the last couple of years, given, again, that ownership to me is penny-pinching, right? Right. Um, now, to me, the offseason is going to be um, very key for this team because if you go in and say you can't re-sign Alex to bring it, um, you know, maybe you you know can't get the right deal for Shane Pinto or maybe you overpay for him. 
um, you know, again, maybe now uh, at this point you're like, well, shoot, now. Uh, man, you we, just look at well, look at the deals that this guy signed. Drake Batherson to four point to less than five million bucks for six years for Drake Batherson, and uh, signing uh, like going and signing Claude Giroux, uh, that Mark Stone trade that like signing Josh Norris and Shabbat, all the like Brady Kachuk's deal, St- Tim Stutzler's deal. I mean, all these deals are under market value. They've all been great. De- I mean, Tim Stutzla, 84 points right now, almost 40 goals, and he's making it 8-3 for the next eight years. Yeah, I absolutely will tip my cap to Pierre Dorian. I think he's done a phenomenal job uh, getting the right deals in place and, and bringing in the right talent. So um, I'm with you. I don't think he gets canned at any point. I think new ownership would, would definitely love to keep him around. Uh, but to me, I, I you know, the only reason I, I would say is I don't think that DJ Smith might not get fired is one uh, they, they're doing, they're playing much better hockey than they were last year. I think even though, you know, they're only like 10 points ahead of where they were last year, I think they're significantly improved as far as play goes. And again, that goes back to making moves for guys like Claude Drew and to bring it. Um, but I, I just want to see another year, right? Yeah, I see, see, but isn't that take. the, isn't that the reason that they're doing better is just because they have some better players, but he hasn't might really be. been able to like, look at what Seattle's done in one season. I think they set the record for the most uh, points. Most improved. Most improved ever. <laughs> um, yeah, it might be. But, I mean, I want to see a full season, um, you know, with these guys playing at their, their top of their game. And I, I think he can – I think J.J. Smith, because he's so beloved by the players, he can still take this team to another level. Now, again, I think early on if they have, you know, like you, you mentioned, a, a poor start like they typically do, then I think there's a short leash. They're going to pull the trigger pretty quick on him. Um, but you know, again, that's assuming that you have somebody waiting in the wings, right? Cause that's always got to be the plan. You have to know who, who your guy's going to be. That's going to come up and fill in because if, you know, for instance, maybe they they're eyeing a guy like coach Q or maybe somebody else to come in ideally. Right. And he gets swooped up in the off season because you just were a little hesitant. I wouldn't want to do that either. So, um, you know, if there's a guy out there that I think that if ownership thinks he can be the guy to take this team to the next level, then yes, you pull the trigger, you fire DJ Smith and bring in your guy. Yeah. Also the, I guess the other thing to consider, I know that it's a, it's a likely long shot because right now Ottawa sits 21st. Uh, That's, that's likely probably about where they'll fall. So you're talking like 12th overall pick uh, without winning the lottery. Even if they win the lottery, I think they can, you can only move up. What is it? Is it ten spots. ten spots now? So they yep. can move up to the second overall. Still unlikely to, for them to win the lottery, but uh, you know the off chance of them winning the lottery that that also could change some things too. But uh, I I just don't I don't see a reason to bring DJ Smith back. But you may be right. Maybe he uh, maybe they do well, give him another chance. Even... I just think it's there, he has not had a good start in the four years that he's been there. He's he has a better team and they barely improved. Well, here's the thing too. They don't even have their first round pick this season. They don't even have their first oh, three rounds you're right, of picks don't. this season. So <laughs> they're going to have to make do with what they've got. Uh, so they better hope they don't want. Yeah. The that was the Jacob, Chick, sure. the Jacob Chikrin deal. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Now it is top five protected. Sure. So if, if they happen to win the lottery, then it, you know, they would, they would keep the pick. Right. And it goes to the next round. So, but, um, yeah, should be should be interesting. Should be interesting. All right. Well, uh, let's 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 just spend the last couple minutes of the show talking about uh, our this overtime proposal. 
adding two extra minutes to the five on five, three on three over, or sorry, the five minute three on three overtime, moving it up to seven minutes, uh, basically in an attempt to avoid the shootout (laughs) is the vibe that I get from it. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like to me. And, you know, personally, I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, if you're just going to get rid of the shootout, what I would rather see happen is instead of adding time, because to me, the three on three overtime has become kind of mundane now. What's at, what ended up happening is guys just usually skate around in circles, yep. waiting for a two on one or an odd man rush to go the other way. And then it just goes back and forth for a few minutes until somebody finally scores. And it's, it's kind of. I don't want to say boring. There's, there's, it's, it's become overcoached. Place. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, do you remember when it first went the first year that three on three overtime was there? How hilariously fun it was because it was like breakaway, two on yes. one, breakaway. <laughs> it was just back and forth, crazy action. And now it's like, yeah, now, oh, we can't get possession. Let's just pass it back to the goalie. It's become like soccer in a way. Let's just pass yeah. it back to the goalie. <laughs> right. And I mean, honestly, I, I get more enjoyment out of the shootout now than I have out of the three on three, if I'm being honest. But is that because uh, you see it less? It's like well, a little bit more like maybe? it's it's gotten back to the novelty of, of a shootout as opposed to I, I'll never forget one night. I think there were like six or seven games out of nine or ten that ended in a shootout. I remember being like, this is just dumb. Like I don't I just don't like I don't like the shootout that much, but I, I it's it's fun when it happens you know, once every 15 games <laughs> that I see as opposed to once every like three games. I just love the creativity that we get from some of these players like Kuznetsov when he came down moving at literally 20 feet a minute, like the guy was barely going down the ice. Um, I, that was fun for me to watch. Yes. And, you know, and people again, were, they're talking about changing the rule that you like should have a shot clock or something like that in the shootout because it's, it's cheap how slow he goes. So I was like, what are you talking about? It's awesome. It is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they took away the spinorama, which I was pissed off about too. Um, so, you know, don't, don't take away anything else. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to leave the shootout in there. But to me, I think, so I can't remember who it was that suggested it, but somebody suggested we do like every couple minutes, we go from like four on four to three on three, to mm, two on two yes. to one on one, um, one on to eliminate the shootout. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine one on one, what that's going to look like, but, um, that would be, I mean, I would, I would probably find that more interesting at least, you know, to start, um, than yeah, give, doing seven minutes. Yeah. Of give overtime. me four minutes of four on four and like three minutes of three on three and then go to a shootout or something. But I think yep. the point is, is that it ends in some sort of actual hockey way. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Let's go one on one, baby. Let's, let's yeah, see a couple on minutes of that, go. right? There you go. Could you, I mean, how fun would it be to watch like, uh, Connor McDavid and D- and Austin Matthews go head to head on the ice, right? I mean, just to see who scores first. Yeah, or let's just... let's go street rules and put a couple trash cans on the ice and play two on two and just see what happens. <laughs> who could score right? between the trash cans? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just something different I th- than three on three. I think that my guess is that there'll be some. Okay, here on the one end. Shootout goals don't count towards your stats, but overtime goals do. So could oh, there that be? Pisses me off so bad. Could there be uh, this thought in some players' minds, like, "Hey, that's an extra potentially two minutes that we're going to play." So each year, you know, you got to go look like how many how many of these games go to a shootout, or you know, how many 
how likely would it be that somebody scores in that two minutes, uh, the two minutes extra? So let's say like, uh, you know, I guess I guess if if every minute adds on an extra like maybe twenty percent that it's going to end, then you know if you're if if that's like we'll just say like thirty percent fewer games go to OT. I don't know what it is in the ECHL. I know they're trying this in the ECHL. Uh, so you have to look at your percentages that these games are going to still end in that final two minutes. And if maybe in, over the course of the season that's an extra like three, four, four goals per team that you maybe have the opportunity to score, and that's a goal or two for you if you can score in that overtime. I don't know if that makes any difference to a player. Like I actually get these goals counted towards my statistics or these points. Maybe it's an extra few points. But you certainly... You know, it's gonna it's gonna amount to a few more points on the on the score sheet. So there's that. Uh, I just I don't know. I don't know uh, if I'm I'm not opposed to the increase in time, but I I kind of agree. Like now we're gonna go seven minutes. That feels like a long time <laughs> to watch yeah. three on three. I I would not be opposed to like let's play four on four for five minutes, and then let's play three on three for five minutes. Like I, I would rather something like that, but I don't. Or think what, what about this? What about this? What if we did like a, a college football type scenario, right, where they start at the twenty-five, uh-huh. right? But this way we do it. We start off. Each team gets a two-minute power play, right? If you can't decide, you get a four-on-three power play, and then you just keep exchanging power plays, you know, and then you go from four-on-three to three-on-two to two-on-one to see who scores. Or, or okay, what if what if you go okay, you're three-on-three. At the end of that five minutes, the home team, a player, pop, another player can pop out at that five minute point, and then, uh, and then you play four on three for uh, for the remainder of that overtime. You just get a power. Well, no, somebody well, has mean, to. You go similar. power play, then you yeah, you'd have to trade trade who can who can come off, I guess, and then the next next team gets a guy. Yeah. I think you're just going to go three on three for seven minutes <laughs> in an attempt to, uh, I, I wonder like, do players just not like the shootout anymore? That would be the, uh, the, the question, you know, would if players would, cause as far as I know, players are excited, like they were open to this. Uh, so I wonder, you know, if players are just kind of thinking like, well, uh, we don't really like the shootout that much anyway. So what's another two minutes if, the, if it decides the game, Oh, I do. We see this next season. Uh, no, we'll see. We'll nope. see it in the AHL first before we we see it in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's fair. I mean, it, it has been going in the ECHL, but yeah, probably an extra year in the the AHL. Maybe even uh, when does the when does the the deal end with the NHLPA? I think we've got another three years, right? Something like that. Let's see. When does it expire? It expires on twenty twenty six. So the twenty, the twenty five twenty six season is when it ends. Uh, so there you go. Um, all right. I do. Oh, Connor McDavid. We wanted to talk some Connor McDavid uh, because he's ridiculous. Will he get seventy goals? Ooh, that's a good question. Will he? Will he? I mean, I will say, I he's I, at sixty two. I don't think. Yeah, he, I think there's there's no doubt he's going to get 150 points, but 70 goals. I'm going to say no. Yeah, 147 points right now with what five games left to go, or four games left to go. Yeah, he's definitely going to get his uh, his 150 points, but 
Yeah, eight goals in the next four games. That's that's going to be a stretch. <laughs> Although the yeah. Oilers, man, the Oilers have been so hot. Nine zero and one in their last ten. Won their last five games. Um, they they have three hundred nine goals. <laughs> they, they are just scoring the lights out of teams. Um, maybe the Western Con- like the favorite Western Conference team to come out of there because they have just been playing so well. Yeah, the next closest team in the West is Seattle, and they're uh, they're a solid thirty goals on top of them. So yeah. that's uh, four thirty seven goals below. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy. Um, the, the thing I'm more curious about with with Connor McDavid, uh, obviously, right? The the question mark is you know um, you know besides Wayne Gretzky and and Mario Lemieux, um, you know the the next most point totals in a season was a 155 by Steve Eiserman. So I'm curious if mm. he passes Eiserman, right? Uh, that would be just a nice feat, a nice yeah. little tip of the cap to have on your in your cap for sure. Shoot. I didn't realize Steve Eiserman has the third most points out of like an individual player. Not not an individual season, but an individual player. Because Gretzky had over 155 points a lot of times. Right. <laughs> over 200 points four times, I think. 215, 212, 208, and 205, I want to say it is. And then Lemieux had 199 in the season. I'm not sure what they are. Yeah, after that, but. I was, I, oh, I wish so he would have got 200. Points, eight points in in the next four games is what he'd need, which honestly is basically what he's tracking at. He's at almost two points a game. So uh, it's very, very possible. <laughs> It'll be fun yeah, to see is. what he can do. Uh Breaking records, man! This kid is just unbelievable. He's not even—he's not really a kid anymore. No, he's—he's he's a man. He is point. a man's man. Is he, he is a man? A... Is he? He's twenty-six years old. <laughs> is he a man yet? He's still kind well, of. He's we'll, a... we'll see what kind of beard he gets in the playoffs, and I'll—I'll I'll let you know if he's okay. A that's a fair. That's that's very yeah. fair. Yeah, let's see what kind of beard McDavid. Just don't gets. have the Jonathan Taves beard where it's just super patchy and no mustache. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> can't do it. All right. Well, there's our show. Uh, oh, by the way. Oh, sorry. Before we before we jet, Eric Carlson getting 100 points. Will it happen? He needs four more points in the final five games. I hope so. I would love it personally, just because. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I love it when you can get a defenseman to get 100 points. I mean, how rare is that, right? So that's. Does that he win the Norris? Oh yeah, I I think he especially if he hits 100 points, there's there's no doubt because all the other defensemen have not. I mean. The point totals aren't really even close. And then not only that, too, but I think what he's doing uh, on a terrible San Jose team and uh, only a minus 15, it's he'll be the first. Yeah, I think he'll be the first player since Nicholas Lindstrom did it. I think Lindstrom was like a minus two, but to be a, a minus player and win the Norris. All right. Yeah. I mean, what can you do when your team's terrible? Right, <laughs> <laughs> but you're putting up big points. Well, okay. There's our show. Find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Enjoy the hockey this week, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk uh, more. Probably some playoff previews at this point, because I think for the most part we'll know we can do some of the series uh, before, you know, before it's it's all decided on the bottom end. Uh, but likely those divisional playoffs here. The series will be decided on who's playing and we can preview some of those on our next show and then finish them up before the playoffs start once we know the rest of them so stay tuned for that and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show Justin you have a great rest of your night you too thank you talk to you guys soon